The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Maney, on the Jay Maney Talk Show. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Maney Talk Show. This is Jay Maney, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. Well, today's the big day, folks. Today is the day that I have been looking forward to for quite a while. It's our 100th broadcast, and I'm excited to be a part of that today, folks. I want to share with you something. This journey started about two years ago. I was introduced to the opportunity to have a program that can inspire, impact, influence, instruct, and improve the lives of others for their good and the good of the world around them. And this was on the heels, my friends, on the heels of COVID. COVID had just started. Um, April really started to hit the ground hard in March and April of 2020. That was around the same time I was actually offered an opportunity to hold a radio show. And I thought to myself, boy, if there's ever a time where people are going to need content that is going to help them get past the troubling times that, are, that lie ahead is, is now. And I, I looked at that as an opportunity to bring goodness to the airwaves. And I'm going to tell you some folks, being here now on the 100th broadcast, two years later, it's only possible, I believe, because of you who continue to support this show, who continue to share the program with your contacts and your colleagues and your coworkers and friends and family and people that you like and people that you don't even like, right? So that's the reason why this show has become the hit that it is. And today is a is really an indication of that. Our 100th broadcast is going to be a fabulous show today. And I believe that if you're listening for the very first time today, you're going to ask yourself, where was I during these other 99 broadcasts? And where have I been these last two years? How come I've not heard of the Jay Mamie Talk Show? Well, today, my friend, if you're listening for the first time, thank you that you've taken out time to join us for our broadcast, our broadcast bash today, you're going to find that this is a worthwhile investment of your time for the future as we continue and we will continue to deliver Thrive Minded content. And for those of you who are returning to celebrate with us, thank you for being such a, an important part of the success of this show. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. And boy, what a show do we have today. Our featured guest today who's here to join us to celebrate this this milestone, this incredible moment for us is none other than Bill O'Reilly, who will share his thoughts a little bit later on in the show. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. I have been looking forward to having him on the show for quite a while. Many of you who are a staunch listener of this show have also indicated your excitement when you found out that he was going to be the headliner of our program today. But in addition to having Bill O'Reilly as our main featured guest, we're going to go back, folks. We're going to go back into the library, into the prior episode archive of this broadcast. And although there's been so many fantastic, incredible guests on the show from all walks of life, 
which is what makes this show so special. We've brought a, a collaborative approach. We took a collaborative approach to bring in diversified personalities and subject matter experts to the show that it's, uh, it's the reason why people continue to come back. Well, it's very difficult to cherry pick out of so much content, highlights from the last two years, but I've been able to nail down, I believe, six prior episodes with six incredible people who provided tremendous insight and valuable content to help you thrive. So we're going to hear shortly from Michael Gordon and Sharon Lecter, Dr. Matthew Knowles, David Meltzer, Gabby Natali, and Rolanda Watch. Now, folks, these episodes can all be found if you go back into our archived episodes, our library on your favorite platform for podcasts or even at my show site, the Jay Mamie Talk Show. But we're going to have clips from each of these interviews that we've had with these amazing folks so that you can have an idea of the quality of content that has been a staple of this show. We're going to do that right after the break. Hi, this is Lynn Ellis with EcoFriends Organic Pest Control. Everyone wants to be healthy and is making tremendous efforts to be healthy and stay healthy through their diet, their cleaning products, lifestyle. But if you use any other type of pest control besides a green organic pest control, you have just undone everything you did. Visit us at EcoFriendsPestControl.com. That's EcoFriends. Hey guys, your website sucks. At least dealing with it probably does. And your website is the center of your marketing universe. So that's really not good. Your website lives in the weird world of the geek, which is a realm that is almost inaccessible to normal humans like yourself. Since 2004, your web guys have been bridging the gap between small business owners and their web presence. Because at your web guys, we will build your website so you can build your business. Here's the deal. We will go over 268 checkpoints on your website, which will tell you what's wrong and how to fix it. Go to WebsiteHealthCheck.net to get this great value. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I'm excited to have a conversation with Bill O'Reilly. I mentioned in the opening segment that as we celebrate our 100th episode, I couldn't think of anyone more influential, impactful uh, to have as our 100th episode featured guest than Bill O'Reilly. And we've got him on the line. And, Bill, I appreciate you being on the show with us today. It's my privilege, Jay. Thanks for having me in. Bill, I, I, I want to ask you, you, there's so much that you've got going on. You, you're, you're all over the place. You've got a successful uh, TV show. You're a best-selling author, legendary broadcaster. Uh, but i like to know today still what drives Bill O'Reilly to do as much as you're doing. Well, I think it's history. Um, I don't have to do this anymore if I mm-hmm. don't want to financially. Um, but I, uh, I've always had a very emotional tie to my country, uh, primarily because I don't think I could have accomplished any of the things that I've done in another country. You know, and I, I visited 84 countries. I lived in England for a year. Um, it is a, uh, a unique opportunity in America. And I'm sorry about the planes here. I'm out in, uh, Eastern Long Island, um, <laughs> talking to you. It's a big tourist time out here. But anyway, I don't think I could have accomplished what I've accomplished in any other country. So I feel that I have an obligation to people, to Americans, to bring them uh, the best information I can and the most honest analysis I can. And as the media declines, Jay, as you know, Mm -hmm. um, that becomes harder and harder to get. So that's the key to our success, that people come and they say, look, 
I mean, I'd agree with O'Reilly on everything, but I know he's going to give me an honest take. That's right. That's right. In your career, Bill, uh, and you've experienced much, you've accomplished much, you've observed much for sure, but given the opportunity to go back in time, what advice would you give the younger you? Well, it's a whole different world now than mm-hmm. when I started and even when I left Fox News five years ago. Everything has changed so dramatically because of the technology and the uh iPhones and the computers and all of that. So people are distracted. It's not like they used to be where um, there were only five or six outlets nationally where you could get information. Now there's five or Mm -hmm. 6,000 because of the Internet. So, um, you know, when I talk to younger people who want to get into the media, I say, number one, you need to have a very well-defined goal. What do you want to accomplish? So do you want to be a director, a producer, uh, a reporter? What do you want to do? You want to make movies? You want to be on a radio? What? And then when you figure that out, then the pathway um, is actually a little bit easier now than it was when I first started because there are so many more opportunities to get experience. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but it's all specificity. You've got to know what you want to do. And after you come up with that, then, uh, you know, if you're a uh, concierge member on BillOReilly.com, I can actually guide you uh, on how to accomplish what you accomplish. And, and by the way, the value that you deliver, uh, Bill, as a premium member is incredible. Uh, and and uh, being a big fan of the program, I've learned so much from what you are bringing uh, to the general public that it, it really does influence folks. And, and speaking about that, I know that you went, uh, you're long, you, you've got a humble beginnings. You and I share very humble beginnings. I grew up in Spanish Harlem. Uh, my, my parents, my father had three jobs. My mother was at home. We were twins. We struggled. And I know that those humble beginnings are something you and I share. In fact, you went to Chaminade. I went to Connor Spellman. So Chaminade would always kick our butts in football. <laughs> so, but there's watershed moments that we experience in, in life. And I know that you've had some that, that sort of directed your steps. They began to mold your personal philosophy. What were those watershed moments that, that did that for you? Well, the first one would be, and by the way, you know, I admire people like you, Jay, who come from working class backgrounds who understand uh, that hard work and honesty are the key to success in any area in America. Mm -hmm. So we learned that from our parents. We watched how they uh, struggled and worked hard uh, just to get the bare minimum. And then they gave us a chance to do much more than that. So I I, uh, my third year in college, I was a football player at Marist up in Poughkeepsie, and I decided Mm -hmm. to go to University of London. Uh, and spent a year over there, that was a turning point because then I became aware of the world as a much bigger place than Levittown, Long Island. Mm. And then uh, I taught high school for two years. I honed my communication skills because I was teaching in a ghetto north of Miami. And to get those kids to pay attention when they had absolutely no interest in history and English, which are the subjects I was teaching, I had to do it on a very retail, personal level. I had to get them involved with uh, historical figures other than what's in the book. And I, and I think I did that fairly well, and that honed my uh, ability to communicate to other people. Then I went, got a master's degree from Boston U in broadcast journalism, started my career, worked very hard, but I, I rose quickly. It took me five years to get back to New York. I worked for Channel 2 uh, as a reporter. Then I went to CBS News National. Um, but along the way... Uh, 
my philosophy was always to accumulate as much knowledge as possible to go to as many places, to see as many things, to talk to as many smart people as I could. Knowledge, 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 knowledge. And, and so that was ingrained in me to learn as much as I can about subjects that I even wasn't particularly interested in, like mm-hmm. economics. Um, and even in my mid-30s, I went back to school uh, to Harvard to get another master's in public administration because of that ethic. So learn, 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 learn. And the more you know, uh, the more you can deliver. And I think that on BillOReilly.com, if people go in and see what we do every day, it's far beyond mm-hmm. anything else mm-hmm. available in America at this point. But what would you say to those that are stuck? They're in that, that place of lull or they're just getting started, whether they're in high school trying to figure it out, college trying to figure it out, or even they're in their uh, mid-40s trying to figure it out. How, how have you learned uh, to cultivate and, and sustain an achiever's spirit? Well, I think that the uh, key to that is knowing your talent. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons I'm a believer in a higher power is because every human being on the planet that I've encountered, and that's got to be 50,000 or more, have talent. They're born with something they can do very, very well. I never took a writing class. I'm the best-selling nonfiction author of all time. Mm. I never took a voice class or anything like that, and I've succeeded at every level in broadcasting. So I was born with this talent. Mm-hmm. On the deficit side, I can't fix anything. I can't play the piano. I can't mm-hmm. speak Spanish, even though I took 18 years of Spanish. So can't speak it. <laughs> you don't have the talent in that area. So you're always, always um, looking for what you do well, innately well. Once you find that out, it doesn't matter whether you're 18 or 75. Once you find out what you do well and then you apply a discipline to developing it, then you're going to succeed in America somewhere. I mean, you got to be persistent. you got to be smart. you got to look for opportunities. you got to do all of that. But you got to know your talent. And, and, you know, my father was an accountant. He didn't care about that. He just wanted to make a living, came out of the Depression. He just wanted to make enough money to support his family. And so – he didn't develop his talent and he didn't have a very happy uh, vocational life. Mm-hmm. So, but now in America with all the opportunities that we have because of the new technology, people have got to really hone in on what they do well and develop it. Bill, you mentioned talents. It's funny in the beginning segment of my show, part of my thrive talk today, I shared that the way that you can find your passion is you have to take it back and identify your gifts. In your case, what you mentioned, uh, it's the same thing as talents. Because those talents and gifts are always going to reveal your calling. And once you've got a grip on your calling, then you could find your purpose, and that is what fuels passion. And you and I have met many people over of our, our experiences who are living passionless lives because they've never figured out their purpose. They have no idea what they're calling because they've never really clarified and identified their talent. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and a lot of that is fear. It's not that they don't want to. It's just that they don't have enough confidence to say to themselves, hey, I, I – pretty good at this Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes you fall short i was a pretty good baseball player and football player and hockey player i played all kinds of stuff uh, when i was a kid but i wasn't good enough to make a career out of it and i recognize that i you know i I was realistic in the sense that i love to do this i'd love to be a professional baseball player but i'm not good enough to do it 
And I played till I was 22 years old. Um, and so then I just looked around when I was teaching because I like teaching, but I knew I didn't want to do it the rest of my life. And I said, you know what? I am, uh, I've got the gift of gab, the Blarney, the Irish Blarney, and hmm. I can write. And so I'm going to go back to school and get a degree in both of those things. And then I'm going to go and make a career out of it. And it really was that simple. And I didn't, you know, I'm the kind of guy that's kind of cocky and swaggering and a New York attitude. Mm -hmm. I I never had a doubt that I could succeed. I knew I would. Um, But I wasn't that great on TV. It took me about six years to get is where I wanted to get. I wasn't a natural performer. Um, But I knew I could do it. And if I couldn't do it, I damn well was going to give it my best shot. <laughs> well, we're thankful for that, my friend. We are thankful. Bill, today, let's let's dive a little bit into what irks you today about the state of our country. Well, the apathy on the part of, um, I'd say, most voters. Mm-hmm. So they're not really paying attention to um, what is really happening around them, and they're making terrible decisions. Look, Jay, I'm not an ideologue. I'm a registered independent. I don't care about the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, or any party. Mm -hmm. My job is to keep an eye on all of the powerful people. I don't align myself with anyone. But I'm smart enough to know who does a good job and who doesn't. That's right. And when you got a guy like Donald Trump, and this is the best, most vivid example in recent history, who performed pretty well, as far as the economy was concerned, foreign policy was concerned, he, he made deal after deal after deal that turned out well for this country. And then you say, no, I'm not going to vote for him because I don't like him. I, you know, I'm going, I remember a conversation I had with some liberal friends of mine uh, three months before the 2020 election. They're telling me, oh, I'm going to vote for Biden. I said, look, if you vote for this Biden, who's incompetent and not an honest man, all right, it's going to come back to get you. And now my words are absolutely true. Every single American's getting pounded because Joe Biden is incompetent. Well, if you had paid attention to him and his career and his state of mind when he was running, you would have known that. But Americans were blinded by Trump's arrogance and his inability to uh, message about the country. It was always about him. Now, I know Trump 30 years, so I'm used to that. Mm-hmm. I didn't. That doesn't offend me. And but I saw it and I told him, you know, in our conversations, look, make it about the country, not about you. But he couldn't do it. And that's why he lost. And covid was a big factor in that. Mm-hmm. We all know. Right. But he handled covid pretty damn well. He got that vaccine really fast because he made deals with the pharmaceutical companies. So that's what I'm worried about this time around that the wreckage that the progressive movement and Joe Biden have brought to the country. If, if you have an IQ over 50, you have to see it. Even if Trump runs again, I don't know whether he will or he won't, but I mean, how could you, how could you not vote for a guy who was successful, who brought a vibrant economy mm-hmm. with guys like Larry Kudlow and Pompeo and really competent guys. Now, who do we have? There isn't one competent um, person in the in the Biden administration, not one in all the department heads. It's crazy. But that's what we have. 
So, so Bill, in, in light of that, in light of that, so when you have a, an individual or a community, a, a company, even a country that is heading in the wrong direction, in, in your observations, your experience, you're a studier of history, right? What direction, uh, that, that they're heading in the wrong direction, then what does it take to course correct? Well, the folks, that's what, that's what it has to be. It has to be the people. We the people. Mm-hmm. You've got to say to yourself, I'm going to put aside my liberal or conservative philosophy, whatever it may be, and I'm going to try to elect, vote for the best problem solver based upon what he or she has done in the past. That's how you do it. All right? And you don't believe the BS and the corrupt media, and the corrupt media is a large part of why this country is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because the we can't get the truth, which is why I'm prospering Correct. on BillOReilly.com is the most successful independent news agency in the world now, okay? Because I don't care about ideology at all. I want the best for everybody. I want the best for everybody in Spanish Harlem, in Levittown, in every community in, in the country. But in order to get the best for the folks, you've got to elect competent, honest people. And that's the message. If you don't do it, we're going to spiral down, just like the Roman Empire. That's exactly what happened in Rome. The, the power will always be in the people's hands, ultimately. But you have to have, you have to be equipped the right knowledge, the right mindset to make the right decisions. And I think that's the crux of the of the issue right now. Uh, you've you got to pay attention, Jay. You got to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem because he, everybody is diverted by this iPhone in their hand 24-7. This is where they're living, particularly younger Americans. They live there, and they're not paying attention until the price of gas triples and your food bill triples. Then you have to pay attention. But, you know, on the way there, Biden never should have gotten 80, 80 million votes in this country. He was absolutely unqualified to be president. I mean, his own, when he was vice president, Obama said, never underestimate the ability of Biden to screw things up. <laughs> yeah, he said it. You know, one of the things that I, I think it's important uh, that you just said, Bill, is you have to pay attention and become alert of your surroundings and learn as much as you can. Learned people make better decisions. And I think you'd agree with that. Um, Killing the Killers. I read the book. Fantastic. It's just a fantastic read. I don't think I've read a book as fast as I read that book ever, Bill. It's just captivating. But on the heels of that, you've got a new one coming up. Matter of fact, it's coming up now in September. Uh, Killing the Legend, the Lethal Danger of Celebrity. Can you share with us what the reader can expect from that next book as part of the Killing series? Yeah, totally, totally different. It's a 12th Killing book totally different than the other 11. It's cultural history. So I was fascinated. I am fascinated by these three individuals, Elvis Presley, John Lennon, and Muhammad Ali. So I grew up with them. Mm -hmm. And they were unbelievable in in their different areas, how they were successful, how they impacted our culture, all three of them. But they all were destroyed. And that's what we write about in that book, how these individuals were destroyed. And it's a complicated um, equation. But when you finish the book, Jay, 
you'll see they were all destroyed in the same way. Mm. They sacrificed their autonomy, their power. They gave it away to other people, which you can never do. But along the way, the stories we tell in a documentation that we were able to compile, which is what we do in every killing book, every page you're going to go, whoa, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Whoa, did that really happen? And it all happened. So it's cultural history. It's, I hope, going to be a huge bestseller as Killing the Killers is right now. It's a, I think my readers will uh, certainly enjoy it and, and consume it, but it will also speak to a different audience that doesn't necessarily read books. Because these people are so famous, so overwhelmingly charismatic, all three of them, um, that people remember them and want to know about them. And that's what we have in uh, Killing the Legends. Well, we're going to put the book up at our website so folks can actually pre-order. I think pre-ordering is available right now, I believe. Uh, so we can have yeah, people... Yeah, you know, you can pre-order it, and if you're a premium or concierge member, or sign up for that, you get it free. Bill... So that's the greatest deal in the world. And, uh, you know, I appreciate it, Jay, and congrats on the 100th uh, episode. Um, you know, we need guys like you, the retail guys that are, uh, you know, affecting your own communities and affecting people directly. So um, I wish you all the success in the world. Well, I appreciate being on the show, and we're going to continue to, to highlight the goodness of what you do as well. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. Hey, everyone, Jay Mamie. I want to encourage you to go visit Impulse Rentals if you're looking to explore Louisville Lake on a pontoon or a jet ski, or if you're looking to enjoy a ride on a Can-Am Riker for all of you adventure seekers, you're going to have an unforgettable experience like I did when I recently rented from Impulse Rentals a jet ski with my son for Father's Day. Make sure that you reach out to Impulse Rentals. You can find them at impulserentals.org. Go out and have a good time outdoors. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show, celebrating our 100th broadcast today. As I said earlier, we're going to continue to celebrate by highlighting excerpts from prior broadcasts with amazing people. And our very first one to kick off our next segment is the one and only Michael Gordon. I had asked Michael to, to really highlight for us what are the risks of being an entrepreneur and as the founder of Teladoc. Michael is a subject matter expert. Enjoy the clip. Michael, on our last segment, we left off with entrepreneurial landmines. You've had an experience that uh, really a 10 lifetimes of experience as an entrepreneur, and you've dealt with entrepreneurs. What would you say are some of the an entrepreneurial landmines that you've seen blow up an entrepreneur and equally his dream? Entrepreneurs tend to be creative. And to some degree, you have to control that creativity. There's a really great Disney, I think it was Disney, called Up. And mm -hmm. in that movie was a dog that every time it saw a squirrel, it ran towards the squirrel. And entrepreneurs that don't succeed 
do that all the time. So mm-hmm. they see a great idea, they chase it. And then they see another one and they chase it. And, and five years later, they're back where they started. They've made no progress. You have to stay focused on one objective and get it done before you move on to the next one. That's a huge landmine. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more because even myself, I have found myself there where here comes a shiny new item, right? And we're chasing this shiny new item. And I have, I've had to put the pause button, hit the brakes and say, hey, now, wait a minute. How many things are you actually going to get involved in? Because if you dilute your time and your focus, you're not going to get anything done. So that is a powerful landmine. And I hope that our entrepreneurs are paying attention to that. But I want to pivot a little bit more into your area of expertise also, and that is in raising capital. When an entrepreneur is looking to raise capital, uh, they have to do a self-assessment, right? What would, and I mean a personal self-assessment, what would you say is a good self-assessment to take when they're assessing themselves and their offering as they're pursuing capital? Think of it as your checkbook. Think of it as a stranger that's coming up to you and saying, give me some money. Why would you do it? And I can tell you, a lot of entrepreneurs fall into the mindset of, I, I'm doing something great. This is going to be great someday. And, and they think that's going to raise money. Some entrepreneurs fall into the mindset of, you've got millions of dollars. What would 500000 That's nothing to you. That's a piece of bubble gum. Both of those are wrong. Mm-hmm. Investors will write checks because they believe you have inevitability. You've got to be able to demonstrate that. And the best way to demonstrate it is not chase the shiny objects. Make progress on the tasks that get to your end, uh, to your end zone. And that's when the, that's when the uh, investors will start looking at it. That's a mic drop, uh, Michael. That's a, it's a mic drop. You said when they see inevitability and I mean, I've never heard it put that way. And you're absolutely right. Why would I write a check to someone if I don't think they're going to be in it for the long haul, if I don't see that there is a a, a trajectory of, of success and profit and, and longevity? I that's just, a, that's just a brilliant point. Our next excerpt comes from the fabulous financial literacy expert and best-selling author, global speaker, Sharon Lecter. I asked Sharon to share her thoughts on the current state of financial literacy And here's what she said. Let me ask you, Sharon, in your opinion, from a life skill standpoint, what's still not being taught in academia today that that suppresses the entrepreneur and and financial success potential in, in all of us? And my second part to that question is, how does that rear its ugly head even in the later years? Well, number one, we're not teaching money in school. Mm-hmm. And we'd still in school teach people to exchange time for money. And the biggest difference between people who have, have wealth and those who don't is the wealthy understand to invest their time into buy, build, and create assets. And those assets generate income. Those folks that are not wealthy yet are still exchanging time for money, and the problem with that is there's only so many hours in the day and so many days in the week, and you get tired. If you don't get out of bed and go to work, you don't get paid. And so my message from day one has been let's stop chasing money. Let's invest our time to buy, build, and create income-producing assets. Sharon, one of the things I read a few days ago, and you might have probably you probably read the same thing. The governor of Florida passed a mandate 
that uh, requires students at the high school level to take half a credit of personal finance as part of completing their graduation curriculum. And I thought to myself, half a credit? <laughs> I mean, that's probably a couple of months. That's not even a semester. So it, it reiterated to me how there is still this missing component, a serious missing component where the academic world, even at the high school level, um, really doesn't comprehend how important it is to go beyond just a half a credit to teach young adults a life skill that they take on to for the rest of their lives. And, and why do you think that still is the case? Yeah, unfortunately, there's only seven or eight states that require a personal finance um, semester course for high school graduation. Twelve others require it be taught in other curriculum, mm -hmm. sort of like buried into history or economics. or, And it, it's just criminal. And I, and to to the, your question about why is that, I think there, the teachers, I mean, I work with schools all the time, and mm -hmm. I, I help change the law here in Arizona, but the teachers understand the need for it. It's the administrators. They don't want to change what they're doing. They don't want to change it. And, they, and quite frankly, they realize they may not have someone on staff competent enough to teach it, and mm. that's why we have standardized curriculum and things that people can use. But it, if we truly want, and we talk about all this all the time, the, the, the haves and the have-nots, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, well, that's because they learn it at home. If we really want to level the playing field for every child so that every child has the equal opportunity to succeed, we would require our schools to teach the basics of money and entrepreneurship so that every child has equal opportunity to create their future. Folks, to wrap up our final section here is none other than Dr. Matthew Knowles. Dr. Matthew Knowles is the brainchild behind Destiny's Child. He's Beyonce's and Solange's father, but he's built a music empire. And he's sharing with me on his particular broadcast the DNA of Achievers. Enjoy the clip. Dr. Knowles, we mentioned in the last segment your book, The DNA of Achievers. You've spoken all over the world about that book and about the content of the book. But for time's sake here, I'd like to find out from you what inspired you to write the book and what would you say are some of the traits of high achievers that you've surrounded yourself with and have met over the years? Yeah, the, the short answer is just years of traveling and and on the plane and asking your neighbor, hey, what do you do? And many of, of us have asked that question. Do we get an earful or you hear silence? Uh, and, and I began to recognize the people that talked and was excited. There were different things they talked about and traits. And then I started thinking about my friends and what were their, their traits of success. I looked at my traits, and I came up with these 10 traits called the DNA of Achievers, 10 traits of highly successful professionals. But it really started by just the years of travel and, and listening. Listening is a skill. What would you say in your years of travels have you identified? And I know you've got 10, but what would you say are the two common traits of all high achievers that you've experienced and observed? Well, it starts first, and, I, and we've talked about it earlier, is identifying the passion. So we, we won't spend more on that. Uh, one of the things I found is thinking outside of the box. You know, mm -hmm. we've been conditioned since childhood that if, and, and if we were inside of a box that had walls, we've been conditioned, you can't do this because you're black, or you can't do it because you're a woman, you can't do it because you're poor, and all the other reasons that society tells us. And, and, and 
Then we get someone in the box just like us. So if we're a hater, we're going to get another hater inside of the box. And what happens is all day, all night, we hit walls. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been conditioned. We can't do this. But when you change that ideology and step outside of the box, there's no walls. So people that I understand and know that are successful, they think outside of that box. They're not boxing thinkers. They're not letting society tell them what they can't do. However, they're coming up with new ideas and, and new ways of doing things that make an impact. Now, one of the things you spoke about, and I've, I heard you speak about this, is ego and, and how ego becomes a problem. In fact, your definition of ego, if I can share with our listeners, is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. <laughs> wait, wait, you got to put emphasis. The anesthesia <laughs> deadens the pain of stupidity. That's right. Now, can, now, can you elaborate on that? Because that's such a valid, incredible point that I don't want to just skip over it. I want you to elaborate that. What, what do you mean by that's the definition of ego? You know, often you find someone that's that's quite e egotistical. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll find someone that is really uh, masking parts of their lives or masking their insecurities. And, and the way that they mask that is by deflecting uh, and other methods. Uh, and, and, you know, that's really what it's about is those people that deflect and mask and, and, and they don't want you to know that they don't know. That's exactly right. They don't want you to know that 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 you know, and that's that's an interesting point. But you know, the the book caught my attention: the DNA of achievers. So obviously, there's there's in in your opinion, these are uh, traits that achievers carry. But I'm wondering because I've met some people, brother, and I'm sure you've met some people too, that the DNA of achiever has skipped them. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we've just heard from three amazing people with incredible content from prior episodes. We're still rocking and rolling. We've got way more to go in our next segment. We'll catch up with you after the break. I'm Susan Bryant, CPA and certified tax coach from MB Group. Visit us at mbgcpa.com. Business owners, do you ever get the feeling that you're paying way too much in taxes? Chances are that your tax bill could be much, much less. Join me next Sunday, August 14th on the Jay Mamie Talk Show as I'll dive into the strategies that can help cut taxes so you can keep the money working for you in your business. In the meantime, visit us at mbgcpa.com. Friends, this is Jay Mamie, and I'm thrilled to announce that our merchandise site is now open for business just in time for the holidays. My inspirational quotes, encouragement words, and thought-provoking phrases can be printed on a number of very cool items to help you stay in thriving mode. Make sure to visit my website, thejmamie.com. Look for the store link. Check out the items. Once again, that'll be at thejmamie.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. In our last segment, as we were celebrating our broadcast, our 100 broadcast, I want you to know that we're going to hear from three amazing people yet again from prior episodes. I encourage you folks, go back to the archives, hear the entire episodes of these individuals, because this is a snippet of their wisdom, and we're kicking it off with the incomparable David Melcher. But Dave, we're going to dive into all the goodness that you've got to share, but I wanted to kick off the show with your your initiative to empower 1 billion people. You have an initiative to empower 1 billion people to be happy. Now, is that part of your global imprint that you hope to, to leave behind? And, and why is this so near and dear to you? 
Yeah, so number one, don't limit me. It's going to be over. (laughs) You got it. I'm very, very energetic in my purpose uh, of not uh, limiting me. In fact, I think the only thing that's going to die in my journey, my lifetime, will be limitations. Mm. uh, And we put them on ourselves so often. Uh, But, yeah, it's very important to me what, uh, through my own journey of living in three different worlds that uh, are so pertinent today with so many people taking their own lives because Mm. of anxiety, depression, and fear. Mm. So many people living in anxiety, depression, and fear, contemplating taking their own lives, and some people not contemplating taking their own lives, but maybe even contemplating taking other people's lives because of depression, anxiety, and fear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in my life, uh, there's three different worlds. One, a world of not enough. It was a world that I grew up in. It's a victim's world of not having enough. Why me? You know, and then moving uh, as I became a multimillionaire in my 20s to a world that, that I called just enough, which is much more perplexing than the world of not enough. The world of just enough is buying things to be happy, buying things you don't need to be happy, buying things to impress people you don't like to be happy. Mm. Um, And a lot of that uh, is attributed now today to social media and creating false idols, false objectives in our lives that create an unrealistic uh, uh, perception of happiness. And my objective is through teaching values, as well as daily practices, pragmatic things that you can do to help people make a lot of money, live in abundance in a world of more than enough, not a zero sum game. So when you're making a lot, nobody else is losing anything. You're Mm -hmm. adding to Uh, it's a value add game, not a zero sum game to help a lot of people. Once again, adding value and of course, having a lot of fun. And so that's why I worked within the context of the sports and entertainment world. I create content, uh, TV shows, movies, podcasts, books, speaking, coaching, all of these things uh, are motivated by empowering a thousand people like you, Jay, that have the ability to empower a thousand more people to empower a thousand more people. And through this empowerment exponential chain of aggregation and compound interest, Mm -hmm. a thousand times, thousands of million and a million times of thousands of billion, you and I together can create a collective consciousness of a bunch of abundant people, not living in a world of not enough as victims, not living in a world of just enough, buying things you don't need to impress people you don't like, but a world of more than enough of everything for everyone, a collective consciousness that will change the world. You know, I like when you mention collective consciousness because I think that today that is something that uh, if you're not careful with, can go the other way. Isn't that true? Uh, you can have a collective consciousness of poverty, of negativity, of, of victimhood, and, and boy, that can grab a hold of the planet. And, uh, and I think that what you're doing right now, and I, I love the duplication aspect that you're adding to it, uh, you know, a thousand to empower a thousand. That's awesome, brother. But I think that's the only remedy to the flip side of this collective consciousness that can go uh, so wrong so quickly. In our next clip, Super Latina, Gabby... Natalie, the three-time Emmy Award winner and the author of the book, The Virtuous Circle, joins us to share what the book entails and what exactly is The Virtuous Circle. Enjoy. You also write about in your book a system you've created called the seven imminent archetypes that, that if you activate them, it allows you to have a clearer path to achievement. I'm interested in hearing more about that. Yes. So The Virtuous Circle, it, it, that's the name of the book. 
And uh, it's the first book that was published by a Latina mm -hmm. uh, from Harvard Collins Leadership. And basically what it says is what do all these amazing people I have met and interviewed have in common? And that's what I call the virtual circle. And I'm going to explain it really fast because I know uh, we don't have so much time, but here's how it goes. Seven archetypes that live inside all of us. The first one is the dreamer. The dreamer is the one that allows you to visualize your dream. The second one is the architect. The architect is the one that allows you to plan that dream. We use it to plan our budget. We use it to plan our meals. We already use that architect. The third one is the maker. The maker is the one that executes the dream. So many people visualize, so many people plan, they never execute. So if that's your case, you have to nurture your inner maker. Now, when you start executing, two things are going to happen. You're going to have hits and misses. If you are smart, you are going to learn from both, from the mistakes and from the things you did right. And that's when you're going to activate the apprentice in you. The apprentice in you, Jay, is the one that perfects your craft. You had to learn how to speak on a microphone. You had to learn how to create and produce your shows. You had to learn your craft to be where you are right now. Mm -hmm. And I like to joke, what happens when you get really good at what you do, when you have a very strong apprentice? And what happens sometimes, Jay, is that nothing happens. No one, nadie te pela. Still nobody's paying attention. <laughs> so, so you need the next one, which is the warrior, the one that allows you to persevere, persevere through hard times. And when the preparation from the apprentice and the perseverance from the warrior meet opportunity, because sooner or later we come across opportunities, that's the moment when you reach your goal and you become the champion. And what I ask every champion out there, champions, what are you using your achievements for? If you are using your achievements for something bigger than yourself, if you're using your achievements to make this world a better place, you're going to inspire and you're going to become the seventh and last archetype, which is the leader. Mm. And with your next project, with your next idea, where do you go? Back to the beginning, back to being a dreamer, an architect, an architect, a maker, and so on. Because the only constant in life is change and evolution, and that's why it's called the virtuous circle. That is absolutely amazing. You just described my life. <laughs> <laughs> Really, it's unbelievable. And I think so many people listening to the show right now that are that either have experienced this or going through this or nodding their heads and saying, man, Gabby knocked it out of the park. <laughs> and for every person, it's different. Some people tell me, Gabby, I abandoned my dreams prematurely. Work on your warrior. Others are telling me, I plan and I visualize. I never execute. Work on your maker. For each one of us, it's different. And you can identify your strengths, and you can identify the archetype, the archetypes where you need to work more on. Beautiful. And wrapping up our show today, folks, is someone who I enjoyed so much being on the show. Her energy was infectious. I remember Rolanda Watts when she was on the air as the queen of talk show. Even before Oprah, she had the famous talk show Rolanda. She joined me on the show to talk about the power of your brand 
And boy, I tell you, there's very few people who can speak about that particular topic with a sense of expertise. And Rolanda did enjoy the clip. Rolanda, how important, and we started to talk about this a little bit, but how important is first knowing who you are and who you are not as you begin to develop your identity and your brand? Well, it's, it's extremely important because that's the foundation of everything you're going to launch. Everything, I mean, even from, I mean, what is that? To thine own self be true. Uh, I think that when you're an entrepreneur in particular and your entrepreneurialism is based upon your, your uh, brand, it's everything. Now, that's just my particular thing. I just think that a brand should be trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it should really connect with you in a positive way. And it should be consistent throughout um, and represent the values that your customer or whoever your listener, or whoever it is that your, your audience or customers are. It has to resonate with them in terms of their values. I don't want to get into morality, but values is very important. Um, I think that I would, I, you know, say what you want about my brand. It is what it is. It's Rolanda. It's really just based on me and all the stuff I do. But if there's a consistency there, you know, 40 years behind the mic and in front of the camera, I'm pretty much the same person no matter what I do or where I go. I go. And I think people know where my boundaries are. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. But it certainly does mean I at least have a plan, and and I stand by that. I and I have to say I think uh, um, I got a lot of a lot of respect for making the decisions that I've made. That don't if it, if it's not part of my brand or part of what I'm doing or part of my whole message, then I don't deal with it. It's just not it's just not going to dilute what I'm trying to do in terms of my brand. And I think you have to be very particular about that. I mean, you look at the great brands, McDonald's and Wells Fargo. I mean, look at what, what, what did they do to maintain consistency and respect and integrity? Integrity is everything. Mm-hmm. I think integrity, when it comes to relationships, you know, whether it's personal or business, integrity is everything, y'all. That's just it. And, and I think that when you have integrity to your own self first, Mm-hmm. then you can serve the world in a much better way. But you have to be true to yourself. You know, if I stand up and defend myself, I'll, just like I stand up and defend people on my set or I stand up and defend people in my stories and journalism or, or, or when, I do, when I put on my activism hat, I'm defending the, the, the little guy who needs my help, you know. So I think, um, I know, it's just the way you walk in life and, and what you expect. To, to leave people, what what do you want them to feel when you leave? I love the answer. The, that whole answer is a mic drop. I, I'm looking for the little nuggets here, the the uh, the the best phrase or the best response in the uh, response that one liner. And I tell you, the whole response was a mic drop. But I agree with you. One of the best compliments that I think a person can be given, uh, and hopefully it's in a positive way, but one of the best compliments a person could be given is that they're consistent. The same person that they saw you and met you as 10, 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it's the same person they're meeting with today. That's a great compliment 
And uh, I th- I find that when I'm told, hey Jay, you're the you're the same guy that I met 20 years ago in, in bodybuilding, or 40 years ago in college, or uh, 30 oh, years ago in college, I like that. I like them to know that yeah, I'm. This is me. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. This is who I am. That's right. Take it or leave that's it. Right. Yeah. Well, that's it, folks. That wraps up our 100th broadcast. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I hope you've enjoyed uh, the show as much as I've had over the last two years compiling content to help you thrive. It's only the beginning. We've only just begun. We've got a lot more to go. Stay tuned for the next 100. Until then, keep thriving.